Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns on your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. And we are with you for season four. Oh my gosh, it is season four. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, if you've been with us, you might have heard us um, going back and forth a couple episodes ago about what season we were at. We now agree. It's season four. <laughs> yes. I wasn't sure when I said it, if we were going to agree. It's true. We it's agree. true. We okay. agree. It's season four. Yes. Yeah. It feels good to be back after a couple months off. Yeah, Two we months. have taken more time off this season than we have before, and yeah. we are happy to be back with everybody. Um, we've been up to lots of different things, so we'd yeah. love to just check in to begin with, and um, then we'll dive right in. We really want to talk about a podcast episode that was on the um, Krista Tippett's mm-hmm. um, on being, on being. Thank you. Yeah, and how it relates to us as therapists in mm-hmm. the field. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what we've been up to? Um, we ended in December. Yes, and I. Gosh, we stayed home for the holidays. We didn't do anything for the holidays. We were in the process of looking for a bigger house. And so then at the end of January, we were able to close on another house. um, And we're kind of in the process right now of like moving into that house. We're renting our other house. So there's actually like quite a bit happening with two houses. It's actually (laughs) a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and, And work feels, you know, just busy as ever. Um, I've been doing, I mean, no surprise. I've been doing quite a few trainings. <laughs> uh, I have done a little impulse control. I'm really interested in first play. Yeah. And yes. I immediately like moved towards their certification and I was like, I don't have to get a certification. Like I could just take the intro. Just breathe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you've been teaching too. It's not just attending trainings. You've been leading them. Yeah, in yeah, fairness. that too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. teaching some trainings. Yeah, yeah. that's been really helpful. I just love doing that. I love yeah. doing the play therapy trainings. And I think that at some point in our episode today, I really want to talk about one training specifically I went to where awe uh, kind of yeah. came up, and it's making me think about some other things related to trainings that you and I have actually both been to. Hmm. I'm just looking at this plant behind Kelly as she's talking. God. No, it's actually a really like hopeful thought in my head. There's this beautiful plant. I don't, it's bulbous. I don't know what she is. Do you know the name of her? Uh, no, I mean, I could turn it around. And... I mean, we might want to know. The right, name. Well, let's see what it is. She's beautiful. And so she's bloomed and she's done blooming. Paper white. Okay. Paper white flower. Um, I don't know much about them, but I, 
She's very much alive and she's reached her capacity of blooming. So I'm just thinking as you're talking, like being stretched to this capacity of growth and then there might just be a natural, like, okay, like the blooms fall away and then it goes into his next cycle. It'll bloom again. Oh, yes. Do you see how alive it is? It's fine. I mean, it looks like those petals are about to fall off at any moment. But like the flowers don't bloom forever. Mm, I mean, Abby, as you all may know, <laughs> knows a lot about gardening no, and plants. I don't know anything about this plant. It's just I'm wondering if that's true. Someone can correct me. I'm just wondering, like, it's she's bloomed and then she'll be done. And so, like, you're you have like two houses. Holy cow. Right. And like all this responsibility and these trainings. And then and then maybe there's like a felt like pulling back and mm. then you have one house and then. Yes. Expansion again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about the word shedding. Yeah. Shedding the tide, like an ebb and flow. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It could just be dying. I could be wrong. <laughs> like, it could just be my projection. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, Abby has thought that she might take it home to, to further care for it. I might tend to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've collected a lot of plants. That's what I've been up to. Yeah. Um, trying to get into rhythms and not sure, like build some in-person community. I have such a sweet gathering like on Zoom with people or like individual friendships, but really thinking about how to build more in-person gathering. Um, So I don't have an answer, but it's been fun to think about. And I did go to a rage room today. It was like I could go to yoga or I could go to like a smash room. Maybe some of you listening know about these. Um, It was amazing. Who knew I could be so angry? I, when she when she came in this office and told me that, I was like, oh, did you get to smash a plate? 20. Yeah. 20 plates. And like, I came in sweaty. Like, I'm swe- I'm in like a tank top sweaty like, from like smashing all of this shit. And I felt um, it's an amazing thing to be so angry, but in your window. I felt powerful. And yeah. so there's something about... Um, don't have words around it, but there's something around feeling into power and a selfhood and then directly related to like being a woman who gets to be angry mm. and moving through grief and heartbreak in a powerful way that felt awesome. I highly recommend rage rooms. Yeah. Well, because w- when you came in, I, I was like, well, are you, were you scared of the other people raging? And then no. you told me that you have your own room, you have your own room and there's no mirrors, like no one's watching you. And so like you think of containment. Like, I wish I could just offer this in my own office. I actually, I know somebody who's not a therapist, but they have a a business called Punch Paint. I might have told this to you before. He takes the canvases and wraps them around a punching bag. And then you dip (gasps) your um, punching gloves in different colors. Wow. Where yeah. is this? Well, I had met him before I had a practice. I was at Community Reach Center. Okay. And I was like, he's like, everyone I talk to, like, they just like can't bring people out. And I was like, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm at a center. Like, there's no way for me to bring you out. But I always think about him now. Mm. And I think like, he has a, a social media account. We got to link him. Yes. I'm going to call him up. I really, because <laughs> I've been like running. There's this anarchist poetry group i'm going to a rage room it's very strange because i'm quite nice and yet it feels really good to be like and we get to be powerful i love that he's doing that yeah Yeah. well just as you were describing it i was like oh it's kind of like what kids get to do in a play therapy space this is right and what a thought that adults need the same thing yeah yeah totally yeah 
Cool. Huh. But I mean, it's February. Mm-hmm. This will come out, I think, at the end of February. Mm-hmm. I read this really lovely thing, and we'll link it. It's in this essay called The Heart of Winter, and she I think her name's Sa- Sani. Oh, we'll link it. Um, and she talks about how, like, so even though it snows a lot in Denver, like even today, so much of the snow has melted. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. <laughs> but she says, um, the thaw is proof that there's that here there is enough warmth to become something new. Mm. And I loved that idea that like February could be the one of the lonelier months or the colder months, but there's a thawing process that there's proof like, okay, there's warmth here to become something new in the spring. So I wonder what that looks like for each of you listening professionally, personally. Yeah. Of thaw. Mm-hmm. I think what that brings up for me is having a lot of conversations recently with clients about feelings passing they're not going to stay yeah right Right. no feeling is final right yeah totally yeah so when you said that i was like yeah that's exactly what's happening in the therapy space right now at least for the folks that i'm seeing is this need to really hold like it's this is going to pass Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes me think of yin yoga too like you hold these poses for five to seven minutes Mm. and the whole idea is to just breathe when you want to change your shape just Mm -hmm. breathe for one breath more and stay with it. Yeah. Um, Tara, yeah. do you know who Tara Brock is? Yeah, yeah. She, I was reading a book that she had done and, and she was talking about, I think, you know, in birthing classes, I've not been in one, but maybe you can, sure. um, they put ice in someone's hand. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's this whole thing about mindfulness. Right. And how, if you can just stay with it a little bit longer, your body believes that you it's like the mind, yeah. right? It says you can't do it. You're going to die. Right. I've really latched onto that idea. I have a couple of friends that make fun of me because I frequently now I'm like, all you have to do is say you're not going to die. Yeah. Um, it was last summer. We were all at a friend's pool and everyone was trying to see who could swim between the two walls for the longest underwater. And I was I wasn't doing it because one I hate swimming and two I won't go underwater. <laughs> but here I am. T- I, I you guys, it's fine. Just go underwater and tell yourself you're not going to die and you'll right. stay under longer. Oh and lo and behold, somebody tried it and they stayed under longer. Yeah, because that is what your brain is telling you. Yeah, I'm going to die. I can't do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes, <laughs> it was good. Well, where are you experiencing wonder in the therapy space, or do we want to talk a little bit about? the episode that we listened to we'll link it in the show notes we don't want to like rehash it too much you should just listen to it yeah but i think let's give like an overview of what it was about Mm -hmm. go for it uh well you have to tell me who she interviewed oh let's find his name he looks like a wondrous mystic (laughs) being if you look him up yes he's a scientist there's a show called the witcher i don't know if you know but he looks just like him (laughs) yes Yes. okay you've seen it yes (laughs) He looks exactly like the Witcher. Is the Witcher like a wondrous being? Oh, yeah. I yes. haven't seen that. Show. Oh, my God. I just know the actor. Yes. Yeah. He's kind of a silver fox. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me find. All right. Keep giving the synopsis. I'll find it. Okay. So she interviews him, and he is a scientist. Yes. Um, and was measuring lots of things about, I believe, human behavior. And he has had quite a few hard things happen in his life. And he began to... Dacker Keltner. Say it again. Dacker Keltner. Okay. Okay. So this is who Krista Tibbet is interviewing. Yes. And he decides that he wants to start measuring awe. 
And in the science field, they're like, that's crazy. Like you can't measure something like that. You can't measure feelings. And so he has spent the better portion, I think, of his career trying to figure that out. And um, he ended up finding seven things in our lives that we find awe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if we should spoil it, what number one is. Well, I think it's so related to our experience as therapists. So please listen to the whole thing. Um, it's so, I was going to say awe-inspiring, but it's <laughs> like a really nourishing um, listen. And his book is really good, too, on the science of awe. And But yeah, the first one was people find wonder and awe most in watching ordinary people do extraordinary things. Yes, I was so surprised because when I think of awe, I think of the stars or, yeah, the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And it was ordinary people doing extraordinary things, witnessing that. And you had such a good point that as therapists, we get to witness this all the time. Yes, we are. I, I believe we are in the presence of awe almost every day. Yeah. I mean, we have ordinary folks in our spaces and, and we hear these stories or over time see them overcome yeah. such tragedy. Right. Um, so I feel like we are really lucky to be able to experience that. And I begin to wonder, um, what does that do for therapists to be in the presence of the number one way that people find awe? Mm. Um, I really relate to when he said it because I think when I'm on like social media and I see videos, I mean, I'm just like always like crying and really attracted to these videos of, you know, people pulling people out of rivers and, you know, oh my. all these things. I'm <laughs> always like looking for them. Yeah. But I think this training I had went to in Austin, mm-hmm. it was with um, Anne Beckley Forrest and Annie Monaco and it was doing EMDR with kids. And I'm only now kind of connecting, and so I don't know what what you'll think about this, but Annie Monaco was showing video of how she does EMDR with kids, Mm -hmm. and and it's so different and refreshing than what I have seen so far in other trainings. She is very direct. Mm -hmm. Um, She shares a story about, like, she said she was, like, digging her feet in in the ground, like, actually putting her feet on the floor. And the parent was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm digging my feet in. We're not leaving until, like, this changes. Uh, you know, she's from the East Coast. I think there's definitely, sure. like, a cultural piece yeah. there. But I remember just feeling really excited about a new way to, like, do something. And then when she showed these videos of, like, pushing through and being very direct um, and... And then you see it, you see it happen in these videos. Mm. It's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found since I've gotten back that I have shifted some things that I've done in my practice and feel so much better. But it made me think just now, it's the same thing when I had watched in those EMDR intro trainings. You watch like the beginning of these videos where people are just like sobbing and in these terrible places. And after a few sets, yeah. all of a sudden, like their whole mind shift has changed. And I'm like, that's all like everyone in the room's got their jaw dropped because you've just saw an ordinary therapist, an ordinary client, and they've both done this extraordinary thing. And it's so powerful. And I wonder that's why people are like, oh, EMDR is magic. Mm. There's such a stark contrast so quickly mm-hmm. with something like EMDR. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It does make me think of the idea of collective effervescence, like a shared 
joy, which they talked about in that podcast too. Like, so for all of you to be in the training, witnessing this video together, Mm -hmm. having a shared experience of wonder and awe. Um, and I try to pull up that sense often in my own body. As I imagine, I was just telling Kelly, I met, I went to a book club and there was someone there that like loves the same poet that I love. And there was this immediate moment of like, even right now I can imagine this person in Denver I don't know if I'll ever see them again, but I feel connected of like, yeah, there's so many people who have a shared wonder and awe over the same things. Um, Like all of our clients that we get to sit with have a therapist and maybe you're listening here and we're all connected in this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like we get to hold the hope together. Yes. So we, we don't have to all be in the same room. I wish we could be, but I can bring up that feeling of what an incredible thing to be born at this moment in time together and like hold all of us together and be with clients. And it's like the opposite of compassion fatigue. Yeah. Just perpetuated by loneliness. It actually is making me think of the children's book, the invisible strength. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's talking about yeah. like, as long as you have love in your heart, we are yeah. always connected. Right. And the very last page he says, and, and nobody is ever truly alone. Right. Right. Because we, we really are all kind of, and their friends have strings and their friends have strings. Yes. I think therapists need to remember that too, to keep going mm-hmm. in the field. Yeah. There's this lyric, I'll butcher it by Florence and the machine. And she says, um, is this what it means to something like, is this what it means to exist in the face of suffering and death and death and keep singing? Mm. Like, is that what life is to exist in the midst of all of us suffering and just keep on singing? And the song is about being free. Mm. And it makes me think of having wonder in a world where there's an and, and so much suffering um, feels powerful to me, or there's something around it that feels important for us as clinicians to be with. Yeah. I don't know why the word choice is popping up Mm -hmm. as you're talking about it. It's like we... We have to make a choice to, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we have to make a choice to acknowledge both. We have to make a choice to to keep surviving despite the suffering or find people who it's like a, yeah, I'm with you in it. Like some days it's hard to sing Mm. and we keep going together like a co-journeying. That feels like the choice for community. Yes. Mm. So is that what happens then even in other, as we hear stories from other therapists and, and hear, um, some of the work that they're doing is the awe what keeps us inspired and keeps us going in the field. I would be so curious the relationship between wonder and awe and hope because mm. they're different, but mm. they feel so wrapped up together for me. They do for me too. So I talking. think about those videos that I watch yeah, yeah, yes. and, and I often think like I, there is hope. Yeah. Um, Alex and I are watching this show called, um, it's a zombie show. The, la- the fungi one? The yes. Last of Us? Yes. Stop. Oh, Why it's everyone? so bad. It's so it's, bad. I can't watch it. No. It, I re- <laughs> no. I, well, I've told Alex is we I can't watch it on now. school <laughs> nights. We don't watch it on school nights. I, it yeah. is. It's horrendous. Why are you watching Right. It? I know. I know. I, 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 every it's time. It's like about like the um, 
cordyceps taking over. Yes. Like a mushroom. It is. And it feels like it could happen. It I'm feels sure. like it could happen. I'm yes. telling you the most anxiety. Oh, Do not watch it. Don't God, watch it. No. I usually will, can, <laughs> I can tell Alex like scary movies I won't watch and he knows sure. it. But for some reason, I can't fully set a boundary around this except that we don't watch it on school nights. Fair. And on school nights, neither of you are in school. Oh, I know. So that's, what, that's what we call it. <laughs> The thing is, is that Alex wants to watch it because it used to be a video game and he played it. Oh, okay. So this is why he's very interested in it. Yes. But it's so sad because most of the show isn't even about fighting off the zombies. Oh. It's about fighting off other humans. Yeah. And so I just, I'm, I'm just always at the end of the show so sad for humanity mm. because we've known through history that that's what we do to each other. Yeah. Right. We, we're just persecuting each other and pillaging and raping and it's just it's it's really awful and it's like all this science says that we would survive if we could and and there the last episode i just saw i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody but had they just been working together (laughs) instead of trying to kill each other the whole lot of them would have survived i get very amped up about this i mean i watch like national geographic documentaries I hear you. Yes. Your eyes are real wide. Yes, but talking. to the yes. point of it is when I see these videos yeah. where I have awe of seeing these, you know, ordinary people doing extraordinary things, I'm like, oh, there's the hope. Yeah. Like, we really are good. Yeah. Like, we really do want to help each other. Mm-hmm. But what overrides it? So, like, what's the connection? Because that sounds like beauty to me. Mm. And he talks about that in the episode on, on Krista Tippett, like... I love the phrase moral beauty. Mm. Like there's an ethics to pursuing beauty and orienting a life towards it, like the morality. Um, And, and I'm curious, yeah, I'm just so curious, like what this guy would say about hope and beauty and awe, because I can, I can go outside. I went to the observatory. There's a comet that was real close to earth and um, it's green. And so I went to the observatory in Boulder and you can see it. Yeah. It's amazing. It was by Mars at the time. And that felt like awe to me. Like, mm. oh my God, I can see this thing that's so close and it's so beautiful. And maybe it feels like hope. Yeah, well, there's something else out there. There's something else. Yeah. Um, but when you talk about these videos or when we think of our clients that are like in the midst of suffering and... So there's something beautiful about their persistence to keep existing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my question is. I think I'm just marinating in the intersections of those things. Mm -hmm. And they all feel important. Maybe if you're listening, there's one that sticks out more to you, a concept. But Yeah. mm -hmm. And maybe they don't, maybe they are just blending. Right. Right? Maybe they don't have to be very separate. Yeah. One suggestion that um, this man had was to go on awe walks. Is that what he called them, or wonder walks, or mm, I don't remember something. Something that um, I never called it that, but I'll do it with my kids. You just go on a walk until you find something amazing, and you train your brain to find it, to see it. Mm. And I, I wondered for each of us listening, like, how do you know when you're experiencing wonder or awe? Like, is there a somatic cue for you? That's a great question. It reminds me of Robin Goebel often saying, like, when you're having a hard time, maybe there's a client that is hard to be with. And she says, before they come in, just, like, find a piece of delight in them. And I think it's the same thing. It's like, can you just focus on the awe? 
because it seems like it really just, you know, helps us move through. Yeah. So as you're listening, perhaps you can bring into mind a moment that you experienced awe. And even now, as you bring it into your awareness, if there's any shifts in your body or your breath, um, and if one isn't coming, perhaps today you could keep your eyes more open for anything that seems amazing, whether it's the blooming paper, what is that, paper white plant? Yep, yep. <laughs> paper white plant or um, the snow falling a certain way if you're in Colorado or um, how the light hits the trees. Thanks for being with us.